Thank you everyone for coming back to watch and listen to another episode of the Black Create Connect podcast. So we have Adrian Daniels, who is, I always say this about my guests, but all my guests are this, right? A legend in the making or currently a legend according to me because you've done some noteworthy things like you have so many like ticks 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 on your profile if i had a company i'd hire you immediately <laughs> adrian is the founder and the podcast host of the sound of aqua podcast as well he's got a massive background in tech sales mm-hmm. he understands tech privacy he's had radio stations he's a podcast coach yeah. <laughs> course tutor the yeah. list goes on he's a speaker a writer yeah. give it up for adrian daniel oh thank you so much it's so kind it's so, it's so lovely oh. Oh, what is, i'm so humbled i'm so humbled no was, man it's just i mean i'm happy to have you here thank you for thank coming you. thank you for coming Lo- lovely lovely to have you in, yeah uh, in the UK, huh? Good, I know, right? Yeah. I know. It's interesting because I met you through um through James. Yeah, shout out to James. Oh, this guy's always. Like, <laughs> it's I, I shout him out on my podcast enough, and now uh, we've shouted him again in somebody else's podcast. James Mercer is a blessing. That's what I've got to say. He's for those that don't He's know, James Mercer is the founder of Tape, and he was, I believe, episode five. Oh yeah, he was early. I remember. Do you know what? Do you know where I was when I was listening to the episode? I was on. I was on the train to Venice when I listened to the episode. To Venice. I was on the train in Italy to oh. Venice when I was listening to that episode. I have a light bulb memory of where I was when this is the episode, and I enjoyed it. It took me to Venice. Basically. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that our podcast. Whenever someone says like, "Yeah, I listen to your podcast on this journey or that," I'm like, <laughs> I like that you chose our content for that piece of the, for that time because yeah. sometimes when you're traveling, I don't know if you have an Adrian, but sometimes I just I want absolute silence. Or I just want something particular. I don't want the music. Yeah, you just want something particular. Do you mm-hmm. have that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, li- I don't, I don't listen to as much music as I used to. Yeah, I always like to be productive. You understand? You yeah. gotta fill your time up with something more productive. Yeah. So, I put a good podcast. You understand? You know, like a 30, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I guess before we get on to all your successes and what you've done and everything, I'll stop it. Stop um, it. <laughs> I want to, <laughs> I want to um, go back a little bit. Okay. Um, I'm really nosy, so I like to understand people's like childhoods. Like, where were you raised? What was your upbringing like yeah. just so I can get some context behind who you are today so in however you like tell us absolutely yeah absolutely um I mean in terms of my childhood um I, I like to I like to say I had a good childhood mm. you know born and raised in northwest London I've mm. only ever lived when it comes to London I've only ever lived in northwest London mm. born and raised in northwest London of course uh both parents which is great you understand mm. um but then when i got to age 11 i think it is um then i moved to ghana for three years oh wow why yeah. um the whole family was actually planning on moving there for good and i wanted to go after going after experiencing christmas in ghana in the year 2000 mm. even that back then was really really good i mm. know christmas in ghana is a huge thing now yeah but yeah, I, was, I was doing it for everybody <laughs> Year 2000, yeah. I was doing it before everybody, right? So um, in, it was so good. And I was like, I can't wait to move. Yeah. So I remember um, relocating in 2001. Mm. And then that first week I moved to Ghana. Um, I was just bored, my, bored out of my brains. It just wasn't the same. I was like, mum, I want to go back to the UK. This, is, this sucks. This is boring. You understand? I was like 12 years old. What was, bo- what was boring about it? Do you remember? So I was living, so basically where um, where my parents were building, it's on the outskirts of a craft. Mm. So th- there wasn't much going on in the area and I didn't have any friends, didn't have internet, 
you understand year 2000 yeah. in Ghana come on like yeah. what even here like what did you have in the year yeah. 2000 I was bored nothing really much to do and I think when you're out and about you're going here you're going there you're enjoying it but when you haven't got anything going on it's just like it's just like tumbleweed there's nothing going on yeah um so yeah um I lived in Ghana for three years did school out there which is an interesting experience why what happened I heard, I heard they, they used to beat you <laughs> of course they beat me yeah I'll tell you a story right they have this thing in Africa in Ghana right they draw a set. I went to Morningstar High School. Not Morningstar High School. So my brother did actually. I went to Morningstar in Cantonment mm. in Accra, right? Just mm. just down the road from mm. us from Oxford Street. I was um, going to Morningstar School in Cantonment, Accra, mm. and essentially um, there was this punishment that they had where they would draw a circle on the floor and they get chalk. <laughs> And if you're in trouble, they draw a circle on the floor. It's when they want to execute this punishment. It's, it just sounds like it's long, but like it's like it's an effort. Yes, yeah. So draw a circle on the floor. Mm. They tell you to step inside it, and then they'll start beating you. Okay? <laughs> whether it's your hands or your Sorry, bum, your hands or your back, whatever. Right? <laughs> Guess what? If you move out of that circle whilst they're beating you, they yeah. start all over again. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yes, yes. They start all over. Again. What kind of abuse is this? Um, it's uh, it's it's, it's uh, like research. It? <laughs> it's perfect, it was perfectly normal back then. But as if far you as move I outside know, the circle, yeah, then they start beating you again. Yeah, but as far as I know, I mean, this was like 20, 20, 22 years ago, right? So a lot has changed since then. Um, I don't think they really beat like that in Ghana. I don't think they really beat anymore. Mm. Um, especially the private schools, they definitely don't. Mm. I think it's like the. I mean, my school, every, I mean, loads of schools are private, right? Mm. But the, the international schools, mm. I don't think they really, they beat, it was more like the private schools in Ghana. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that's been abolished as far as I know. Um, but yeah, um, lived in uh, Ghana when I, between ages 11 and 14, went to school in Ghana for like three years. Um, and then I relocated back to the UK when I was 14. Um, and then when I moved outside, um, when I relocated back to London when mm. I was 14, 2005, I think it was, or 2004 rather, couldn't get back into my old school in London, moved to... Why couldn't you get back in? Couldn't get back in because all of the schools in northwest London were taken up, they were full. So I moved outside to Hertfordshire. Me and my family moved out to, to Hertfordshire. Because you couldn't get into a school? I couldn't get into the school. All the schools are full. Because <laughs> schools are full, I couldn't get into any school in northwest London. So we moved outside. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, one of my aunties are living in Hertfordshire. Mm. Um, so we moved to St. Albans um, for a number of years. So I lived there, went mm. to school there. Um, but it was a blessing because Alicia, I mean, I guess this all comes full circle to what I'm doing today, right? Mm. Um, I was exposed to music. I was exposed to music production. I was exposed to- When you was in that school? When I was in that school, yeah. I was mm. exposed to lots of different things. I was able to then really start building on my skill sets and working on different crafts. This mm. is when I started to kind of- um, um have a desire for music Mm. so i did music technology Uh, i started picking up drum lessons piano Mm. lessons Mm. um i had uh, when i went to during that time i went to america Mm. and then i have my childhood friend was in a rap group i started to learn to rap over there you started learning how to rap in america yeah but I, I don't rap anymore. No, wait, 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 wait. You can't drop that on on, on, on my <laughs> podcast and not say you don't rap anymore. Yeah. What are some well, bars that you remember? Right? Tell me some bars everybody, you remember. Everybody raps. Everyone raps, right? of course. Every, everyone, yeah, first everybody of all, raps, yeah. I can't skip past that. What was your rap name? And and drop a couple bars that you remember. I, I, was, I wasn't any funny rap name or anything. I didn't have any funny rap name. Just Adrian, just Adrian, Adrian Daniels. That's it. That was it, yeah. 
Um, you probably, could, I mean, maybe you probably have some. I probably still have some stuff on SoundCloud. On, on YouTube, on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, yeah, but but then more kind of my production rather than my raps. Got you, got you. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Don't I, worry. I, 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 I will not put you on the spot like that. It's okay. It's fine. But yeah. So so you got into music in, in America. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, during that time, I was mm-hmm. I was able. During that time, I didn't have a lot of friends. I had a few friends. I was mm-hmm. more reserved. I was more geeky. I was more into like trying to make my music, work on my craft mm. and learn different things, work on my, my music and then work on whatever, right? Uh, and, and I was also an entrepreneur in school. So what I used to do is, oh. yeah, what I used to do in school was that I used to essentially, um, basically, you remember when, uh, do you know like LimeWire and Aries? You know, it's I illegal remember, music. I remember LimeWire. Yeah. That was the... Yeah. That was the thing. <laughs> Download music to your M. You remember the MP3 with the with the USB? Yeah. When then you just put it in the hard drive, like, <laughs> and I used to download your songs and that's yes, it. Yeah, that, I that was that. Yeah. So for me, like, I was making money in that school because I was I realized there was an opportunity where things I was exposed to or, or access to in London. Just a little caveat, right? When I first moved to St Albans, I was commuting between London and St Albans for like the first term or something. But then eventually we bought a house in St Albans and I lived there permanently. So I was commuting from like Mill Hill to St Albans almost every day to school. How long was that? For like a term. I think it was like half a year to a year, basically. Mm-hmm. And then we eventually bought a house in the summer we relocated, mm-hmm. right? So why is this? So I used to have, I had a few side hustles in school. So one side hustle I had was selling selling legal music. So what I would do is, you know, little, right? I walk into little, right? I will buy a blank, a pack of blank CDs. And, and I remember those. I think it was three pounds. You get a pack of 10 or five, right? And then I'll sell each, I, 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 tell, I tell the guys, what album do you want, right? I tell, I tell everybody, like, I'm selling any album you want. So, Just let me know. So smart. Any album you want. Free with Whatever, whatever you want. B2K, whatever, whatever it was at the time. Nas, whatever it was, right? Sean Paul, whatever you wanted, right? Beyonce, whatever, right? I had Disney. I had people that wanted Disney soundtrack. I had people that wanted... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you some stories, right? So anyway, three pounds for... I'll sell an album for three pounds. If, if it was a double album, like yeah. R. Kelly, right? Yeah. Six pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but, how, but how long would it take you because I'm, I'm like yeah I was making like... 70 pounds a week oh as a, <laughs> as a kid in school yeah in school yeah in secondary school I'd make 70 pounds a week just by doing that so I started eating legal music and then it wasn't enough for me because I wanted more money so I, I went up to software <laughs> so, so Windows Windows software. so you started selling software like Windows like Windows 10 Windows 8 Windows oh. whatever it was I'll download the software I'll do so I was like, you guys want music? Great. But now I'm sending software. If you want to... <laughs> hey, that's why you're in tech security now, because you know, you know the people like you. Yeah, yeah. Well, ah, yeah, anyway. oh my goodness. Yeah. And then um, there's one guy that, and basically there was, the, it got to a point where all good things come to an end, right? So this is this is the story, right? So basically, um, one guy basically um, snitched on me because he was jealous I was making all this money. So I got a warning from the school saying, you got to stop what you're doing. So I had to stop what I was doing, which is so upsetting. I couldn't sell legal music anymore. I couldn't sell the software anymore. What a I hater. Stop. I know, right? What? Did, did you put him up on that? I, I couldn't find, I tried to find the guy. The guy was, you the you guy know, was MIA. You said, oh, so did you know who it was? I didn't know who it was. Someone stitched on me. I didn't know you who it was. You didn't know who it was, that stitch? I'm not going to lie. I'm, 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 I'm doing a speech in the playgrounds at that point. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you guys have stopped. Yeah. I was helping you guys and one of you yeah. here yeah. has ruined that for everybody. Yeah. And then the other, <laughs> the other side hustle in school I had was that, I don't know if you ever remember Wemby Market. Um, you'd be able yes. to get like lots of like fake design and stuff. 
So what I'll do is I'll buy like a fake Nike tracksuit, a Prada tracksuit, whatever it was, right? I'll take it to St. Albans and Hertfordshire and I'll sell it double the price, right? I remember I said it. I remember I said it to one guy, right? I think after he bought it a week later, he took it. I'm thinking you are a good professional. You, you <laughs> were like you see by this. I, you was a hustler. <laughs> so I was a hustler. Oh, okay. Day one. I remember I tried to. I remember the guy I sold one guy I sold tracksuit to. I apparently tried to resell it the week later because I think he changed his mind, which is quite funny. But yeah, those are good days. So I think me moving outside of London it really put me in a position where I was able to really explore entrepreneurship mm. and then kind of build upon my music and my tech skills. But do you think? I was outside London or do you think that was you because you could have probably done that if you was in London as well I think if I was if I was in London I think I would have been too distracted just trying to be people pleasing just trying to follow mm, the next fashion mm. I'll tell you this I, I experienced only one year of secondary school in London my entire life my entire secondary school education has been either in Ghana or outside outside London it's, nev- it's only never been in London but, but what difference do you think your surroundings make so when you said you huge think- difference I'll tell you why yeah tell me year seven I was focused on following trends, copying people, on doing whatever was cool, even if it was bad, right? Mm. I had no mind of my own, I, I, whatever. Mm. When I moved to, when I came to St. Albans, mm. I was forced to be, I was in a new environment where I was kind of like surrounded by different things and people would show me different things and I was kind of like inspired to go. So it's the people around you that showed you this difference? It was the people around me and like, just being just not being around those kind of people it just kind of oh. like it, it i don't know like you you're just kind of um forced to go down a different road you understand like i, I probably spend more time watching this or i spend more time doing this rather than just hanging out with people following people was there a theme in those type of people that you found so was there a particular background or religion or that class that you found for these people to people. I think what I I think when I I think going to school in Ghana, um, I think because I, I I did really well out there, and when I came back to UK, I was a different person than I was when when I went to Ghana. Mm-hmm. When I went to Ghana, I was spoiled. I was really spoiled. Like there's things I did that I probably don't want to talk on 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 the podcast that I'm not proud of. You understand? In Ghana? No, in the UK. Mm. Those things I did that I don't probably want to talk about on the mm. podcast. Mm. But when I came back from Ghana, like it does something to you. Like going to school in Ghana, it disciplines you and it does something to you. So I, I went to Ghana a spoiled brat. I came back a smart, disciplined, um, hungry, wanting to learn more kind of mm. kid, mm. wanting to achieve more kind of kid. So I came back a different mentality. And then going mm. outside, going to school outside London, I'm around people in a, from a higher social economic status. Um, I'm around people who um, take, you know, extracurricular more seriously. You know, one of my friends he's I hang out, hang out with, it's, mm. uh, it's a basketballer. Right mm. now, he's like a basketball coach in China right now. Mm-mm-mm. I've got another, I had another friend who um, essentially is like really, really good at fighting. Mm. He got me into the Rocky movies. That changed mm. my mindset. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. Creed 3 was great, by the way. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I've, I've just you just get surrounded by a different crop of people. And then that made an influence upon my life to put me to where I am today. I love that. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? Because I'm I'm learning as I'm getting older mm-hmm. that whoever you surround yourself by or with on, on a regular basis really shapes your mindset, what you learn, the ideas that you have, how you implement things. I'm learning that as a grown adult. Yeah. 
And I feel like, I don't know if you, you, you find the same thing, but yeah. I feel like now I have to make an active effort to make sure I'm conscious on whom I'm having, who I'm having conversations with, who I'm spending time with. Absolutely. Do you find that you have to still do that now or do you think it just naturally kind of happens to no, you? No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You need to make a conscious effort in terms mm. of who, you, who you're speaking to because um, it rubs off. It honestly yeah. it rubs off. Um, the Adrian Daniels in 2023 is completely different to the one in 2017. And um, what's the difference? Thank you. What is the difference? It's your surroundings. It's who mm. you're. It's who you're hanging around with. It's the rooms you're getting, and it's the networking mm. that you're doing. It's it's where your time is going. Mm. You understand? It all makes a difference. You understand? Mm. Now, if you, if you're if you're kind of hungry to get to a certain position, you have to make a change. Hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like the theory and the thing I've probably said quite a few times on the podcast is, we have to be be mindful of what you say yes to. You, means you could be saying no to something else and you just have to make sure that that yes makes sense yeah you, like always yeah absolutely i mean i think when when you're hungry to learn and when you're hungry to like to get opportunities you've got to just say yes as many things as you can mm. and then once it gets to a point where you've got to kind of where you want to get to and you're mm. good then you start saying yeah, no. yeah. start saying no start to being things selective. yeah start being selective so that you can just focus on what you're doing because you know, if you if you become a yes man like Jim Carrey, then what will happen is that you're gonna just be burnt out and you're gonna be yeah. so tired, right? But once you start saying, once you get to where you need to get, then you start saying no, then you can kind of like you're great. Then you then you're like, okay, I've got to where I need to get to. Now mm. let me just focus on where I am and just put my efforts into that and say no to everything else to mm, to, mm, to mm. toward the way the distraction that mm. might try and come and take from that. Mm. But yeah, no, honestly, and I, I, I think that when you learn to say no to certain things, you, I think you gain diff- a different level of respect from people mm-hmm. as well. That's what I've learned over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to your journey, back to you, right? <laughs> so yeah. you became, you was a hustler. <laughs> Don't know what song that is, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you was a hustler. Um, and then you found this passion for music. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, I mean, I think, I think music really kind of like, I want to say, I think where I was living in St. Albans, like I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't really have a social life. I was quite reserved. Mm. And naturally I'm a shy, reserved person, not this outgoing, confident podcaster, speaker, whatever kind of person. Mm. I'm shy, reserved, but I've come out of my shell over the years Mm. and people can, can testify to how, how they, how shocked they are that I'm completely different to how I was even when I was at university. You can probably even ask Anne, your friend, you know, she'll tell you that our agent's a completely different person. He's so shy at university, blah, 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 blah. Shout out to I Anne. I love that for you. Shout out Anne. She's listening, Anne, IBK. Um, so yeah, like, so music for me, it was an interesting one because I think for me, it was all about, the journey really started because my commute from London to St. Albans, I always used to have an MP3 player with me. This is like, we're talking 2004, right? So I always had an MP3 play with me and I just listened, taking music, taking music, taking music. When I moved back to London, it was like, I felt like I had to catch up with so many years of music that I missed out on when I was in Ghana. Because when I was in Ghana, I didn't have cable TV. I didn't have, I didn't have satellite. Hell, I didn't have electricity for a year because of the area that I was living in. We so had the generator, from, we had the generator switched on from time to time. But even then I was only exposed to Ghana TV and, and, and Noddy with movies. I wasn't exposed to... Wasn't like able the to access, Yeah, I mean, I was only able to access the internet maybe once a month or something when I went to a, bit, when I went to a busy internet cafe. I didn't have a smartphone. I didn't have um, wired or wireless mm. internet in my house. I didn't even have electricity. Mm. understand? So when I came back to UK, I was like, I've got catching all of this music. So I took in music to the point where I actually wanted to produce it. 
What what type of genres would you listen to? Um yeah, I mean it was the usual like the R and B, R and B hip hop, um genres, and then but maybe a little bit of classical music, jazz, gospel. I think it was those genres. And then over over the year, and then maybe a bit more in the future it was more kind of like jazz, pop, and neo soul and all those different genres as well. So I started to take on a lot more um wider selection of music as time went on. Mm. Um but yeah, I think that's when my journey for music really started, just listening, taking in a lot of music just listening, listening to it by myself on the commute to school and back mm. home to London. Mm. Um, and then for me, um, I just wanted to study it. So I started studying it in, in school. And then when yeah, I went I to that. America and I, and I was exposed to music production, um, software, I was like, I want to be a music producer. What was it about music production that made you say, yeah, this is what I want to study and get into? Um, I think for me, like, I, I just... I think it was just a euphoria that came with making music and listening to certain beats and instrumentals. I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to just make it myself. You understand? And then that's how I ended up taking piano lessons and drum mm. lessons as well. Um, and then starting to make music on my own. You understand? Mm. Um, which was a brilliant, brilliant journey. Um, yeah. So at, at school, I ended up winning music, music technology awards in my school. Sick. When I went to university, um, I ended up winning a uh, songwriter of the year competition when I was 18 and a half a year. When I was 18, yeah. So I won about, I think, £1,000 worth of equipment. I performed in Hertfordshire University. The video's hiding somewhere. What, a drums or...? I wrote the track. I wrote, and I you rapped, performed I rapped, it? I wrapped, I wrapped the track and performed it in Hertfordshire University. This was a long, long time ago. Wow, yeah, how a high five because I've also performed the Hampshire University as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've rapped in stage at Hampshire University like years. <laughs> I was like, I feel like, I don't know what this means, that's but sad. I don't know, <laughs> that's, that's sick. Amazing, though. That's, that's so. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, music has always been like, uh, it's always, like, it's always been my passion, really. Um, okay. Back then, at least back then. And then when I went to university, I, I did go yeah, to radio and had my own radio show. Yeah, it was called Mix. In the mix? In the mix, yeah. In the mix. Shout out to Toby, he, my, my best friend. He was my co-host. And I'll never forget the first episode. Like, we had no idea what we were doing in the studio. <laughs> we, we came back from Orton Towers, because my uni's next to Orton Towers. Yeah. I think Anne was on that trip, actually, mm. on Orton Towers. So cold. I remember the, the day was so cold that I couldn't believe that my friend only was wearing a T-shirt the entire time. <laughs> the one was, like, naked or something. And my friend had a beanie hat and a T-shirt, and he said he wasn't cold. I don't know how he did it. But anyway, like- when, when we came back, I remember our first show, we had no agenda. We didn't even know how to use the equipment. I think we're like half an hour late or an hour late. But they were like, hey guys, people, hey guys, welcome to In The Mix. Um, president Obama has just been you know, elected. First black president. Who, who do you guys think was is going to be the first UK black prime minister? And then I think we said Trevor McDonald or whatever. Or right, Obama. right, right. That was our first show, but yeah. Wait, question. Yeah. How did you initiate your first show? Like, where did this equipment come from? Was it the £1,000 that you won? No, no, it wasn't that. So that was, um, I think that was a bit later on in that in university during university when I when I got that news that I'd won the equipment and I knew half she wanted to come and perform. Um, this was very early on in my time at university, like my first year. Mm. Um, the how the radio thinking back was that it's just a student fair, right? There's a student fair, and then um, you know they you know they you know the different societies. ACS. And there was a radio society exactly. Ah, okay. So I wanted to join the radio society. And then um, they're like, yeah, you can have your own show. People can text ah, in, people can listen. I was like, you can promote it on Facebook. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And I asked Toby, my best friend, some of my best friends, uh, Toby, you want to do the show? I mean, yeah, yeah, cool. And then, and then we decided, oh, 
in the mix with, with skills that I was just producing because me and my best friend were both music producers at the right, time. Right. Which, I mean, but, and we lived right next to each other. And that's a whole other story. And um, yeah, we just started it. We said, oh, this is going to be a show where we write, where it's going to be about hip hop and R&B. Okay. And, we're gonna do, and we got interviews on. We had live. We had people come all the way from Birmingham to rap and perform. Oh, I've still got those videos. We did blind dates, which was my idea. Blind, blind dates on blind the radio. How? It was too. It was. I think basically <laughs> it was good because I think we had people. We had free chairs and people not looking at each other. Basically, I think that black. I think they were blindfolded as okay. they were in the studio. Yeah, and they had to like um answer questions and stuff. It was so funny. I've got. I've actually got recordings of lots of. I've been almost all of my radio shows. So it's, it's always nice to go back so into that. Sick. Yeah. And then I used to also, um, and this is where podcasting started because even back then I was, I, I created a podcast by accident because I wanted to create content for the radio show. This oh. is back, back 2010, 2009, right? Oh. So what I do is I'll go around the dictaphone and I'll interview students about different things. Right. So, so And this was to, to get more traction so people can listen live. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what we'll do is so sometimes, so in the mix, I mean, so of course in the mix, we'll play R&B and hip hop and then we'll talk for a bit and then we'll let people then play more music. But then we wanted to have something else. Oh. Like we wanted to create more radio segments oh. for the show. So I had access to a dictaphone that was for the radio station. So actually, I think I had a dictaphone because I ended up, no, no, this was before, because I ended up becoming head of music for the radio for the, for the radio station. Mm. So I ended up working for the radio station as well at mm. university. So I got given this dictaphone where I can go around and interview um, students. So I created three podcasts. One was called Healthy Eating. I interviewed one of my friends. He's like one of the funniest people on campus mm. about healthy eating. So he was just there talking about how he eats eggs with, um, how he eats seven eggs uh, and then he throws Maggie cubes in there. <laughs> it was just crazy. Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can you. How can you make seven eggs in one go? Yeah, 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 that's a lot. That's too much. Too much. Yeah. Ostrich. Yeah, I think this episode two was about... Um, Basically, there was like a there was like a craze on campus about this particular word that people were using, and then basically, you know, just one one word just goes viral. Yeah. Basically, like, there's one particular word that somebody made at university and it went viral. So I was interviewing different people and getting a perspective, which was quite interesting. Oh. And then episode three was um about technology. So back then it was BlackBerry Messenger mm, BBM. I remember at the that. Time. What's your pin? Exactly. Yeah, I never jumped in that wave though. But you never got a pin. I never jumped in it because I didn't. I'm the kind of person unless I don't like conforming because I like to always. I rather like to set the trends That's rather than join the trends. Oh, not necessarily. Yeah. Yes or no. <laughs> yes or no. I, I can tell you about that story afterwards if you want. But um, yeah, I, I kind of that's kind of where like I started to realize that I kind of had the kind of knack for creating content and podcasting and things like that okay. even back then and then the radio show actually ended up winning some awards at the university which is great that's amazing and then i got invited to the student radio awards in leeds this is like during uni it's a long time ago that means it really hit numbers and people yeah. really engaged with it in yeah uni. apparently people in my friend told me he was going to i think he was going to london school pharmacy i think he saw the fly of my um show at his university i'm like what i'm all the way in stoke mate I'm all the way in rainy stuff. Yeah. What are you doing with my fly? How did my fly get to university? Apparently people promoting it. I don't know. So it was doing well. It was doing well. And then, um, yeah, it was good while it lasted. Um, <clears throat> Why did it end? So it ended for two reasons. So one was, um, when I was getting towards third year, I went to focus more on third year. Of course, yeah. I always had that talk like, third year, you've got to focus, you've got to step away. Everyone says that. First year, yeah. play. Third yeah. year, focus. Yeah. And then, of course, second reason was that I think... Um, 
I had encountered with God and I want to take my relationship with God seriously. Mm. So for me, it was a conflict of interest, like doing, like doing, like it was, it was a conflict of interest for me to um, keep running that radio show, playing the music I was playing and talking about the things I was talking. Um, so I just took a step, just stepped away from it. Got you. Yeah. Got you. How did Toby feel about that? Huh? How did Toby feel about no, that? Toby, uh, Toby was cool because I mean he's he's a part. He was he was uh he's comes from the same background as me. So, right. so um, he he wasn't he wasn't um annoyed or anything at all. If anything, he stepped down from the show before. And you know oh. Anne, you know Anne was a part, yeah. of the, part, of, part of the part of the show. Oh, was it? Yes, it was. It used to be she, called, she would have been good on radio. She was fantastic. She's a, she's a great host. She was fantastic. It was. It was called in season two. She joined right. So second year, she joined the shows. It was. Yeah. It was called in the mix of skills agent IBK. So Anne was like the 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 the, the third wheel kind of thing. Like a, like and, a breakfast club. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was breakfast club. <laughs> time, yeah. She killed it, and then she after a while she stepped down, and then Toby stepped down, and I ended up just being me towards the end. Mm. So I was the last one standing. I had enough passion for it. Toby wanted to take music production and other things more seriously because mm-hmm. um, he was doing so well in, in, in during that time. I think he had working widely and people like that. So he was doing a great, great job. Um, but I wanted to take, continue to take it on. Um, yeah, it was such a journey. I love that for you. Yeah, but such, such a long time ago. Yeah, that I'm sharing, such a but long it's, time. it's so good. What I find, right, a trend with a lot of my podcast guests is that the one, well, everyone is successful on the podcast, but mm-hmm. you were all active in uni. Mm-hmm. Like when I ref- when I reflect and I compare stories, you were all doing something uni. You weren't just studying because I was like that as well in uni. Um, I think when I did when I went to San Jose, and I tell people this, and they get so confused. What, California, California, yeah. You do uni in California. It's just for a year, yeah, yeah, study abroad, yeah, study abroad, oh, yeah. which was a, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I was out there, I worked in a call center doing fundraising, which is yeah. crazy, right? Because it's calling people and just asking people for money for nothing in return. Can you imagine your 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 yeah. old uni calling you asking for money to donate that back yeah. to them? I know, right? I would say no. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you must feel petrified doing that. I was scared, but at the time, it was the culture was completely different. It was completely fine, yeah. and it was just a sick experience. And then um, I remember I did, I got involved in a play and I, and, and I went around to different universities like in San Diego, LA and like near San Francisco and we, I just did acting and people were like, you did acting in um, San Jose. I was like, yeah, why not? Why, like, why am I not going to get involved in? Because all these different things, that experience me, me doing sales in university yeah. and me getting involved in, in, in acting and yeah. me getting involved in ACS yeah. in the leadership, all those things added to my skill sets where Absolutely. I was able to get a role quickly after university. Did you find the same thing? Oh, yeah. even before university finished, I got a job. You got a job saying, yeah. Quit, uh, I quit uni before I finished. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I did graduate. <laughs> but but yeah. all these different things, when you're proactive, yeah. things you attract things to you yeah. easier. You so do. what did you do straight after uni? What did you get offered? What happened? Um, straight after uni, um, what happened? Oh, so I got a job from O2, basically. Mm-hmm. Just a normal role. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, so I got a job, a retail job from O2. Mm. Um, and then I thought, okay, I took it. Mm. And then after a while, I got laid off from O2 because mm. they didn't, according to them, I didn't, I wasn't doing a good job. Mm. That was when I didn't understand the concept of sales. Now, you mm. were just talking about sales. I think sales is one of the best skills you can ever, ever learn. Um, it's hard though. It's hard, <laughs> yeah. but once you really practice it and get mastery, oh my gosh, the doors that you can open through that because you can use that skill set 
for everything because you have to sell yourself in different ways mm. whether it's recruitment whether it's going for a job mm. whether it's whether it's asking someone out mm. you know it's sales skills mm. I had to close my girlfriend mm. to make her my girlfriend mm. I had to do this I had to do that click click yeah click. it's do sales you, do you hear that man yeah <laughs> it's all sales so um so yeah um after university year O2 I didn't get the best degree I'll be honest with you mm. um, I went through some things in my personal life for second and third year mm. so it affected my I'm degree sorry about that. that's okay life happens but mm. again God used that for a reason mm. so O2 I uh, got laid off from O2 then I got a job apart from Rouse um, and then I worked my way up from the bottom to become the manager, store manager mm. uh, I think within a couple of years mm. and then they wouldn't make me officially manager so I walked away from the company and even not even before I walked away from the company, O2 headhunted me again, which is quite funny. But they headhunted me for a big, like a big role, like in like the, the biggest store That's in the country, biggest store in the UK. They wanted me to be one of the main salespeople. Agent, look, we've seen what you're doing, really, really like you, wanting to come and join us. How did they see what you're doing? And the money was way better as well. Uh-uh. I can't remember how they found me. I can't really can't remember. Okay, okay. But they must have found me. So I did that for a while and mm. then after that, that's when I kind of made the transition to B2B, getting into B2B mm. tech and B2B um, business development, sales, um, marketing, e-commerce, all of that. Um, so 2016, I got my, after I quit O2, and then I got into e-commerce. Mm. I got into e-commerce, I joined a company, an e-commerce agency. Um, I was dealing with thousands of online sellers from DFS to small one-bed, one-man band man. Um, online sellers who have a shop or buy store, whatever, um, helping them to grow their businesses, um, whether it's through our different services, software development, using one of our bespoke app, one of our custom apps or mm. marketing strategies, whatever it was. Mm. Um, and then I did a fantastic job with one of our partners um, at the time. I think they're called Linworks. Um, it's right. basically a multi-channel e-commerce software. Mm. So the thing with e-commerce is that if you're selling, or basically the thing with e-commerce is that if you're selling a product, and maybe you just have like an online store, maybe on Shopify. The trick here is to get your products, not just in your own store, but to get it on as many marketplaces as possible. Mm. So whether it's eBay, Amazon, um, whether it's Wayfair, whether it's Groupon, whether it's um, TradeMe, well, yeah, yeah, whether it's Wish.com, there's so many e-commerce stores out there. But the problem here is that to manage all those different stores, logging into different systems is mm. very... Time um, consuming, yeah. and it's uh, it's counterproductive. Mm. So there's software out there that allows you to bring all of them into one place. Oh, is there? Exactly. Are you allowed so, to share what software there is, or is it? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. So Linworks is Linworks is, it was one of the softwares was the software that we were working closely with, right? Right. Okay. So I actually knew that 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 the founders and the CEOs, like I got to meet mm. them and work with them, mm. and they liked what I was doing for their app store because they had their own apps. They had an app store. Which was which was um, compatible for anyone that used Linworks. Mm. So basically, people that use Linworks, like online sellers that use mm. Linworks, they could mm. download these apps, which could then be used to mm. supercharge their business. So, for mm. example, let's say um, this person mm. was an e-commerce um, provider mm. that had their own warehouse, mm. and I actually did warehouse visits as well. Mm. Right, they had okay. their own warehouse, and maybe they wanted to turn their smartphone into a um, scanner. So they can scan the products and right. check them in, check the products out, whatever, book them in, return them, whatever it is. Mm. You were able to download the apps from there. 
So basically, I helped to grow the app store so quickly because almost every week we'll launch a new app, mm. whether it was um, whether it was PayPal integration, whether mm. it was some um, Xero, whether it was FreshBooks, whether it was um, Sage accounting, whatever it was. Right, every week we'll launch a new app, and we did such a great job that these guys reached out to me and said, "Adrian, we want you to speak at our event, one of the biggest um, e-commerce events in Europe." And then that's when you spoke on the Vox. Exactly. That's why I spoke right. at the Vox. Yeah, yeah. still available on YouTube actually. And that that um that event it was just it was surreal because I still have the actual magazine, like actual promotional book where I'm actually in it. So the Vox. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It was like a basically. I don't know if you know where the MC reader is. I I've heard Birmingham, of it in Birmingham, right? Yes. Oh my gosh! I've been there before. Yeah. So opposite. So next to it, there's like a like a conference center called the Vox, right? Right. Okay. And and then right, the conference center is right is built in with it's built in with this five star and four star five star hotel. So it's literally like if you'll speak anyone that's attending that conference, they're mm. pretty much most most likely to be staying in a hotel. So I remember, I remember when I had to speak at the event, I was there before the event um, started. I had to practice before going to bed. They put me in that really nice hotel. Um, I had to um, come and speak for about 200 people. It was crazy. Like it was really good. I think up to 200 people. I don't think 200 people turned, but it was up to 200 people that could have been in that room. Mm, um, but it was great. It looked like a packed room and I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, I, yeah it looked like a packed room, but it, was, it wasn't packed. How did you feel when you was doing it? Did I was you... a little bit nervous because I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a speaker. Mm. Um, Cause you know, on LinkedIn, you see a lot of people that have um, this slash this slash speaker slash TEDx. No, no, no. I mean, if you want me to come and speak, I'll come and speak, but I don't want to say speak is my profession. I think I've got a long way to go to be a better speaker. But I think you're quite good. I'm, I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right. Because mm. the more you do, the better you get. Um, I think what helped was that I kind of memorized my talk. Um, but then my colleagues encouraged me to kind of like break it down into sections so that mm. if I forgot anything, I can, I can kind of go along with it. So you memorized it word for word? Um, almost, but almost word for word. But then what I did was that I kind of stepped away and I was like, okay, cool. How can I do this in such a way mm. where if I can't remember every single word, can, mm. can I still talk about what I'm talking. So I relied more on the presentation than, mm. than the actual talk itself. Mm-mm. And it, it, went, it went, went really well. It went really well. Like people coming up to me, asking questions and stuff. And I was able to get some business for the company in the back of that. So I was really pleased. That's with impressive. Yeah. I, I might need to take a tip from you because I've done a lot of talks. Most of my talks I've done, I've delivered, have been online. Yeah. And I've got you're so confident when you're speaking videos. I, I because it's video, right? But yeah. I've got three coming up in April that's in person. Yeah. And I'm like, let's see if I'm the same, if I give the same energy in person. Yeah. <laughs> because it's different when you're online. It's, you it, know? Is, it is different when you're online. Yeah, yeah, you're in the comfort of your home. And, and when you're speaking to so many people as well, um, it, it gets a little nerve wracking. Because you can see their faces, you can yeah. see their expressions, it's yeah. there. Yeah. Whereas online, you can just look at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have jokes where I can. It helps to calm me down. Yeah, same. Um, I did a small talk in August in Covent Garden last year. Mm. Um, this was for a Ghanaian, um, Ghanaian Londoners event. Mm. He asked me to, to, to speak about um, multiple income streams um, and moving, being successful, moving to Ghana. Mm. It was only a five-minute talk. Mm. I, I, wrote the, I wrote the talk on the spot. I wrote it on the spot and I delivered it. But what I did was that I made sure there was jokes in there. Yeah, to kind of make it lighter. And to calm my nerves down as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I like to kind of like not have everything word for word, but it was more like 
breaking them down to sections and having an idea of what I was going to say mm. and just interacting with the crowds, just, you know, looking, 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 moving around and just trying to not allow myself to get too nervous. But yeah, I think jokes, trying to get in jokes. It, it helps. helps. It does help. It helps know? so much. Even when I watch, I watch a lot of TED Talks and just talks mm. online in general in a day. Yeah. And I noticed that that's a theme for mm. TED Talks. Like you have to have a little, <laughs> like you have to say something so everyone goes, <laughs> like, you know. And the thing yeah. is, I feel like with TED Talks, they're so funny because they always say something contradicting, like yeah. diversity doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, what does that mean? And everyone just claps like, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I'm like, you just have to just be on the stage doing a TED Talk and everyone just claps. Do you have a, do you have a favorite TED Talk that you put that's on top of mind that you like? <laughs> It's a good question. I've seen, I've seen so many. So have I. It's hard. It's hard to really say this is like a, a, a game changing TED talk. It's hard. I, 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 I don't. I can't pinpoint one. Mm. Um, but I do. I can't remember who spoke about this, but I do remember one on executive presence in the workplace. But I can't remember who it was because I watched. I watched like about three a day. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for a long time. So sometimes I don't That's know a good who plan. Like, Because that must really compound into something serious. Like if you watch three a day, that's like, what, how many a year? Like thousands of them. It's loads. Exactly. That's why I don't you remember who a lot from the that. names. Yeah. And I just, yeah. the thing is, I, I keep it light. I, I, yeah. I have it on in the background. If I'm doing some admin work, I thought, let me just put a talk on. So the podcast app or is it from the YouTube channel? YouTube. So I'll just put it on my TV. I love or... YouTube. I love yeah, YouTube. I love YouTube. Do you have YouTube Premium? No, I don't. Girl, it, 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 it asks, invest. It asks me invest every month. Best decision. Is I mean, it, 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 only if you watch YouTube enough. I, I watch don't. YouTube every yeah. day. Get YouTube Premium. Talks, part of sermons. Get YouTube, get YouTube Premium, girlfriend, because what happens is, is that you can listen in the background, you can download the videos offline if you need to. And on my phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's say you go in the tube, there's no reception, right? You can download all the videos you want and have it offline. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you can watch anything about ads. You get access to YouTube premium content, like like some YouTube originals. I don't really watch it too much. And YouTube music as well. You get that as well. You get access to that. See, I've never really considered or thought about YouTube music. Is that really... Is, is I mean, it- if you want to save money on... I mean, Spotify is the, the best, right? But if you, if you, if you want to save some money... Then you YouTube, YouTube music. It's their version, right? I'm a little bit yeah. of a sucker. So maybe yeah. if, like, I need to choose one because... Don't, please don't kill me, but I pay for Spotify and Apple music. Both of them. Yeah. As, uh, the thing I'm thinking is, about getting a knife in the kitchen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so annoying. The thing is, it's because I started on Apple Music. Yeah. And I built my playlist there, like, from years ago. But then yeah. Spotify is better. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I've got my playlist on Apple. And, oh. and there's no way to transfer over. I mean, it's, they no. don't talk to each other, do they? So I mean, maybe there's an app. There's got to be a way. Just put in Google, how do I, or put in Google, how do I transfer my playlist from this world? Yeah. There's, there's always Yeah, because you know when you, you created, created a perfect playlist <laughs> and it's like, I've got to sit down. Life is yeah. busy as it is. I've got to, yeah. I've got to have a So music. you're thinking to your playlist like that? Yeah, like. It's not that deep for me. I'm just like, <laughs> just give me an album, give me a single, whatever, that's it. No, no, I, I hear, I hear you, but sometimes I forget. Different. You know, I do love albums as well, but sometimes I forget yeah. the songs that I've downloaded, okay. and I've got a, I have to have a music transfer uh, evening because this double yeah. ten pounds a month. That's it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Girlfriend, you gotta be cutting your subscription. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. someone spends like hundreds of pounds on subscriptions. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Some yeah. like sometimes I, I look at much. my phone and I see um one pound ninety nine Amazon Prime. I'm like, what did I? What did I 
yeah, what's yeah. that yeah 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 you, you gotta catch those little what is that there's little foxes that were in the vineyard you gotta catch all these little things yeah Anyway, so we're on, that's that's okay, that's okay. on a tangent there. So that's okay. I think the audience will like that. <laughs> so fast forward on, right? So yeah. Adrian, this is when entrepreneur Adrian recomes in again, 2018, and yeah. you um, decided to find a, well, you created a company for cyclists. Yeah, uh, you're really good. Like you got no agenda. I don't see no iPad. <laughs> no, I don't see no. You don't see no. I don't see no I used to do that, but I think I started to get an iPad because it's too much for me to remember everything. Yeah, so great. Yeah, so yeah, so 2018, um, I got laid. I got let off from a job because they fired me. Basically, they thought I wasn't doing good enough. They flew me to Denmark and they said, Adrian, you got a month to turn around your sales figures, otherwise we're firing you. I was like, fine, okay. Um, I left them on half a million pounds in worth of pipeline and they still fired me. I was like, fine, cool. I'm going to start my own business. Understand? And what happened was that I went to Jersey in 2018 and Jersey's like the channel, the channel island of Jersey, like next to France, basically. Mm. Not Jersey in America. Sorry, guys. Um, sorry, Jersey Shore. <laughs> and basically I had a cycling trip of a lifetime with my friend, shout out to Joel, and um, he's from Uganda. And then some other guys... Um, so one guy Carl from South Africa another guy Mark shout out to Mark from Zimbabwe okay. we all kind of went on this cycling trip from morning right down to late night we were out the holding we went through the whole island cycled around the whole islands went started cycling made a stop at the shops played some music had some drinks got back on our bikes cycled to the beach mm. chilled at the hotel had beautiful lunch got back on our bikes cycled some more went past some beautiful glass houses, went to the um, lighthouse, got back on our bikes, cycled back, made another stuff, cycled back, and it was nighttime. I was like, that's the best cycling trip I've ever done in my life. I want people to feel this way. So when I got back to London, I was like, you know what? I want to start a business. I love that, by the way. Thank you. Thank you so much. I said, I'm going to start a startup around cycling. Mm. And then I did a bit of research, and then I noticed that um, there's so many cycling... uh, experiences like you got companies you've got professional companies that are delivering cycling experiences mm. and you've got individual comp- individual people delivering cycling experiences right mm. and i thought why can't we have like a marketplace where everything is in one place like mm. why does that have to be so deep like why can't i just just have everything in one place mm. so i created a marketplace called go cycle where um people i could connect people to trips and experiences so mm. i had a wait list of like almost like a 500 people 500 companies waiting to come on the platform um and uh, essentially, I'll tell you a bit more about the platform. So mm. essentially, it was meant to be like Airbnb meets Uber meets cycling. Mm. So I wanted to create an opportunity not only mm. for these companies, these mm. other cycling tour, tour companies mm. to make more money. Mm. I also wanted to create opportunity for individual cycling experience providers to make more money. You understand where mm. let's say you want to, I, I wanted to give the, the consumer the ultimate cycling experience. So let's say, I'm in London and I want to have a cycling trip in South Africa, a cycling holiday in South Africa, right? And I don't know anybody there. Mm. Mm. I will connect, the app will connect you to friends, mm. but to people that you can cycle with. Mm. It will then connect you to accommodation, that if you need accommodation, you'll be able to stay mm. where the accommodation, you'll, be, you'll get accommodation sorted, you'll be able to ride with people, and then you get the route or the ah. cycling or you get this, the cycling tour guy to take you on the tour, mm. in the sand. And basically what you'll do is that it will basically 
curate the experience for you. So whether it whether it will combine this company with this person, yeah. with that person, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then you be able to That's message how, people. But how did you create that? Like, how did you create the the journeys and the experiences? That, that must take a lot of research. It was a lot time. of work. It was a lot of work. Um, thankfully, um, my time working on the side with my best friend, who's got a digital agency, I learned how to develop websites and stuff like that. And so you, you developed it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I developed the prototype. So I developed the prototype. I showed it to you know uh, potential clients, and they loved it. And I, I worked hard, and I made calls. I sent out emails, etc. I pitched it to cycling companies. I got a waiting list up to five hundred people, five hundred companies. And then the sad thing was that it got to a point where I was trying to raise Fun. funds for it as well. I entered the competition. I got got past certain stages. I think I got to a certain stage when I. There's one competition that entered, got past one or two stages, but I didn't make it to the final um, round. Um, mm. That didn't discourage me, but that was like encouraged mm. to, okay, cool, maybe there's something here. Mm. Um, but I think what kind of made me turn away from it was that I was, I think, 28 at the time, I think. Mm. And I wanted to really make this work. And I realized that maybe I was a little too late. Um, I was in a serious relationship. I was thinking about getting married at the time. Mm. And I was like, you know what? To, if I really wanted to make this work, if I really wanted to give this the full chance of mm. making this work, I would need to throw in my blood, sweat, and tears, and all the resources and money I can get in the world to make this work. Because um, this was not gonna work if I was gonna be married and have my attention. Because it's so ways. much time. Because it's, so, because it's very time consuming. Yeah. Startups, boy, it, yeah. it's it, it's it's a young person's business. I mean, I'm not saying old people can't do it. If you've got money. And you're older. You can pay someone to, to do the groundwork. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can you can um, you can bypass yeah. a lot of the thing by just paying people, right? Money can you can use money to buy you time mm. if you're older, right? Mm. If you're younger, you may not have money to buy you time. So you got to do you the work. Have to put in the sweat yeah. equity yourself yeah. and use your time. You're probably more time rich when you're younger. When you're older, you're more time poor. Mm. So you need to use the time mm. that you have now to mm. build that startup up. Mm. You understand? So I had that I had that realization. I walked away from it. And I was like, look, I enjoyed this journey. It was great to know that I can potentially do this. But yeah. So how long did it take for you to to start the idea and then to get to the point where you're like, do you know what? I'm I'm okay. Two years. Two years. Two years. So in those two years, did you work at all? I did. So uh, on the side, I'll maybe in the side, I worked for Justy for a little bit. Mm. I did some contracting job, Justy. Um, I used to build websites for people on the side. Mm. I'll do a few odd jobs here and there. Mm. And then um, there was another tech company. I think it's called MBF Global. Um, oh, I MBF, did some, yeah. you know them, yeah. So I did some work in the call in the call center on the side just to make some money. Um, yeah, that helped because I'll get commission when I call again sales. You know, mm. again I was able to, and then that was great being at MBF Global because mm. I was able to use my sales skills to help me to really pitch to people. Mm. You understand? So coming back again, full circle, sales really critical skill for people to have. Um, I think if there's a few skills that everyone entrepreneurs should have: sales, negotiation, decision making, um, team team building, and leadership. And then the fifth one is, I think, just discernment. Discernment. Knowing who's right, knowing who's who's wrong, knowing, you know, um, if to continue on with something or knowing when to stop, knowing if something That's isn't right. So I, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like the spirit of discernment is something that I pray for, mm. first, first and foremost, because I feel like if beyond me, 
Um, I think the higher power knows. And I also think it's important to have people around you mm-hmm. that can help feed into your discernment. Sometimes there's people around you that can see things that you can't see, mm. that can see your blind spots. Absolutely. And that's, again, that links back to, I think to add to your point, you mm. made some really good points. In addition to, to having those skill sets of negotiation, sales, um, you said- Decision-making. Decision-making. Yeah, team, team building leadership. Team building leadership, discernment, yeah. your network. Oh, 100%. Like your people around you. Because you can be going down a road of complete yeah. nonsense and destruction. And I'm, I, and I would really love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, even now there's certain things that I would um, echo with a business coach. And they'll be like, you know what? I think this is how you can pivot. This is how you can kind of make it. Makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah. If I didn't have that, then I I could go down a completely road, long road that can waste loads of time and money as well. So yeah, those are some really good points. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if you have access to mentors, which I I wish I had at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That would have probably saved me a lot of time and the pain that I I went through myself. You understand? So if you can get yourself a mentor, that will then save you a lot of time, pain and, pain and effort, and money that you don't yeah. necessarily have to waste. Yeah, but I admire one like what I'm hearing in your story, which which is something that I really admire, is that you keep going, you don't give up, and yeah. you always find a way. So nothing can really scare you. Like the you being made redundant, you losing your job, you something rock bottom. Yeah, it never scares you because I feel like you've experienced you've experienced even with no electricity, so you know that you will survive. Yeah, whatever happens, yeah. you will survive. Yeah, yeah. Am, am I correct in assuming that that's no, the mentality? No, no you're, you're right. You're right. I think when you learn how to live, you know, a certain way, it makes you stronger. Mm, you understand? Mm. So once your standard of living improves, mm. it's like, okay, cool. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, this is this is nice. Nice, but... but you know, I could survive yeah. less than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you... It just gives you more of a survivor instinct. You understand? Mm, mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... I know that, so 2018, we'll take it two years, and um, I believe in 2020, you started training up to 600 podcasters. Was it 2020? Yeah, 2020. So 2020 was a magical year, I think it was. So oh. 2020, just when the sound of a car launched. Yes, that's, that's when it launched. I, I want to get on to that. That's like my we'll, last we'll, bit. We'll, 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 but, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. And I think is that you know what I, I think I may have I think I may have mixed it up. It's actually twenty twenty one. When you really think about it, it's twenty twenty one when I launched the course, because I ah. needed because what I did was that um I needed the podcast to be a case study for got the you trainer, got you got understand? you um and that's how I tell people that's one way the podcast makes money is that you know it's a case study for me to use when I'm training people to mm. show people that I've done it. Mm. Understand? There's a lot of people that sell courses and training um, training programs that they haven't really gone through it themselves, mm. and they try to sugarcoat things when they shouldn't have done that. Mm. It's important to know. Um, it's, supposed to, it's important for you to have gone through that, so you 100%. can show them firsthand that you've gone through it, so you can get trust from that person, that audience. Hundred so, percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I launched podcast A to Z in 2021, September 2021. I locked myself, or I cut out my social life like seven weeks to build a course a seven hour course um and then i distributed to various platforms skillshare apps you know you name it and uh, it's generated me thousands of dollars up to this day up to this day i've got students you know i've got so many students um two students i had signed up this week for example one student which was quite funny 
um because i'm i did something wrong and then i said sorry i'll give you 30 minutes free mentorship as a as a thank you i know that's quite as generous but it's fine as, mm-hmm. as, a, as a sorry 30 minutes mentorship you know you know what the student said the student was like uh agent sorry um can i use that to, to get you on my podcast i was like fine this is so fine, no problem. Smart kids, smart guy. Smart guy. I would do the same thing to you. Would I do the same thing? I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. But I think credible. Yeah. So, yeah. so with you building out the course, yeah. Break down to me, yeah. What it covers in okay, detail, cool. right? As much, much as obviously that you can, yeah. and how how long it might take. Someone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So podcast A to Z. So I launched it in September twenty twenty one. Um, it's a seven hour course. Um, reason why I launched it was I had so many people approach me like Asia, could you show me how to launch my own podcast or create my own podcast or can, can I pick your brain blah 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 mm. um, and then also um, a, a couple of years before that I randomly thought I'll try and make a, a, a random podcast called like a 15 minute quick podcast course mm. so I, I made a rubbish quick podcast course I put it out there I thought I just, just thought I'd just do it for fun but I wasn't taking it seriously and then before I knew it, I logged on to maybe Skillshare. I think it was Skillshare. And I noticed that I think 200 people had signed up for it. I'm like, and they left me so many raving reviews. I'm like, this is crap. This is crap. Why do you like my 15 minute course? Podcast is rubbish. You understand? <laughs> but then when I, but, and I was like, and I tried to understand. Wait, what did you put in there? You must have put something there. Like, I mean, I, I, I talked about podcast. I remember some of the modules in there was like podcast artwork, monetization. Um, publishing your podcast, um, coming up on my idea for a podcast. I think those are some of the key things I talked and about. And these are things that might be simple to it you, was a, but it was called, else. True, true. You're yeah. right. That's what I realized. So it's called a quick start guide to podcasting for entrepreneurs. Right. right? And I think the, the, the key thing that I remember taking away from that or leaving people away in that course was... I was able to give them a real life case study in terms of podcasters who are able to do certain things. You understand? Mm-hmm. So I use my actual friend's mm-hmm. podcast as an actual case study in the course itself. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that was probably one of the most pivotal points. I think that's probably one of the most engaging or most pivotal points of that particular course. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? And then back, and then of course, fast forward in, in the future, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, you know what? If this is what I was able to do with a crappy, 15 minute course. How, what can I do if I really put all my effort into mm, it and use my own podcast as my own case study? Mm. So, so I locked myself up for like two months, even though I was, uh, I mean, I wasn't, was I in lockdown? I don't think, were we in lockdown? I can't remember. Was he working for anyone at the time? Yeah, I was running UX Academy as well at the time. Um, UX Academy is a training school. Yeah, training design school, I, I noticed that as well. And you, you, yeah. you got a lot of, I think your first oh. um, video, you got 2.5. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that webinar that was, was crazy. Thing. That that was that was one day. So basically, um, with UX Academy, we mm. we, we we deliver training courses, mm. and they sell, but they basically sell different um design courses like UX design, UI, product design, voice design. So we even got to teach people how to create a business or how to use Alexa and Apple Home, how to kind of create your own voice skills and stuff like that. How to how that all works, the interaction between humans and the voice, how that all works, right? The mechanics of it. Um, but anyway, um, there was one course called product design. And what we do as a as a way to generate leads mm. is that we'll run like maybe monthly webinars or bi-monthly webinars, whatever, right? Mm. So I would run the webinar alongside the instructor for that course. So it was me and Nick 
Um, I think at the time he was the head of UX or head of design for NatWest right? mm. at the time. And we both did a webinar. I don't even know what happened, right? But I think it went really well. I, I can't even remember what I talked about. But we did it. And then when I logged back in the next day, mm. it was like 2.4, it was like, like 2,400 views. I was like, what? what? How? Like, how did we get that? That's incredible. It was you, crazy, yeah. Was it on YouTube or? Uh, huh? On YouTube? Yeah, it's still on YouTube. It's still on YouTube. You can go watch it. You can go watch it if you want. And then what ended up happening was that that converted to, I think, 10,000 pounds worth of sales in one night. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the webinar, I'll give like a, I'll do like a sales pitch, right? Ah. So I'll give people a call to action. Look, if, to, hey, if to you, go onto the course. Yeah, to buy the course. And the course is like seven, I think a thousand pounds a piece or seven, I think 700, 750, 800 pounds a piece. So I think 800 pounds per person is a six week cohort course, right? So 800 pounds for each person to go on this course. You get, you know, it's a live six week course. You get weekly mentorship and then you get to work in a real life case study and you get a certificate at the end. And then we would do a job into introduction so you can get like a job straight away, essentially. Um, How did you guarantee the job introduction? Then? Um, it was more like an internship. So what we would do is that we would then reach out, reach out to startups or reach out to companies that want UX designers or want got you, designers got you. for free. You understand? They want you. Be, yeah, yeah. And then they'll be like, yeah, sure, we want it. And then I'll connect them right, got you, got to you. The, the school, which is quite clever. That yeah. was incredible. Yeah. That's so, do you still run that today? No, no. So I I left UX Academy. I still okay. I, I, I I left the company and then um I still I of course joined you know the, the other company after yeah. that company. Yeah. So you were doing that at the same time whilst you spent two months in hibernation creating the podcast course. Absolutely, yeah. So this was outside of work, right? I'll yeah. build it outside of work. Um, it was seven hour course. Um, I locked myself. Maybe I didn't, not necessarily lock myself, but I basically, I sacrificed my social life for about two to three months. You have to sometimes. I yeah. said, look, guys, I'm building this course. I'm going all in. And I'm going to just literally just not basically socialize until this course is done, it's out there. Because I was thinking about passive income. And I think what really triggered me to build that course was Ali Abdul. You heard about him? No. Ali Abdul? This, um, this, this uh, YouTuber. He's like a British young YouTuber. I think he's in the mid-20s. Right. Um, he's a really good entrepreneur. Um, he's got a very good YouTube channel. I think he went to Cambridge University and then he kind of like, um, he used to be a doctor, but quit because his YouTube was doing so well. Mm. You understand? Um, wow, you quit your job as a doctor because YouTube is doing, doing so, so well. well. Yeah. Must and then nice. he was talking about all the revenue streams that he was able to make outside of being a doctor. One of them was Skillshare. Mm. And he mentioned how much money he was make, making from Skillshare every year, wow. ungodly amount. When I heard that, I was like, I need to just build my own this, course. And look this this, this is another sign from the universe for me as well. <laughs> this is about, about the 12th conversation I've had with someone this year about doing a course for me. Like, really? like a sign or sign on courses. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's making too much sense. It's great. I mean, I think I've been around the course industry for a while, not just making courses myself, but actually working in two, two or more jobs so, where I'm actually involved in creating, right. not just creating courses, but selling them and packaging them as well. Um, so, so yeah. for anyone out there that wants to make a course, i.e. myself, <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the key elements that you need to involve in creating a course? Because I, I, I'm yeah. guessing there's skills, there's there's trends in what makes a course really good. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I think, you know, the, the personality and the, the delivery of a course is, is key as well. Do you pre-record it? Um, it, it depends what kind of course it is, because okay. there's different types of courses okay. out there. But I think the main ingredients of a really good course is 
um, the personality and and the and the delivery of the course is mm. gonna be engaging. It's gonna be spot on. It can't be flat. It can't be dull. Mm. It's gonna be uplifting, energetic. It's gonna be engaging, mm. and it's gonna be um, easy for them to digest. Um, you want to know what the course content's gonna be. Like, of course, you want to come up with the course contents. Um, you don't want to make the course too long. Mm. You don't want to make it too short. Don't feel that necessarily because the course is too long that you're that you're delivering more value than the course that's 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 shorter. I don't go into a dentist saying, oh, I paid hundred pounds for this dental surgery, so please can you make this? Can you drill my mouth for sixty minutes rather than ten minutes? Because you can be in more pain for sixty minutes, aren't you? You understand? So um, I will basically say the course contents. Know what module? Know what the course module is going to look like. Mm you know person you know of, of course working your personality your delivery the energy's got to be there when you're making the course and then you know what is the outcome mm. what's the course outcome what's the outcome of this course what is the end user going to get out of this course you understand um you got to make sure that you really um let them know what they're getting in terms of the the, the um the sales collateral the marketing collateral mm. what are they getting out from the course or you can what can they expect in this course and what are, what's the outcomes they're going to get from this course mm. what and, and what is that what are you actually covering in this course and then you know i want to just say it's just the content alone you need a community you want to attach the course to a community mm. you want to attach the course to mentorship mm. and you want to be able to have interactions as an instructor with the mm. students as well and then you want to actually give them opportunity to actually um, apply what they've learned so you want to set them homework you want to have tasks tasks you want to have exercises around yeah. it etc um yeah and i think when you have all those different elements it kind of helps to make a course really really well Mm. um but yeah you, if you just go of reason and basically what it all comes down to is that you don't want to make a course one dimensional you want to make a course hit so many different dimensions yeah that it's not dull it's not boring that is a course that someone actually wants to do and complete because most people that do you know most people that buy courses they don't complete it, they don't complete it. yeah especially courses that are free yeah they don't complete it if you charge someone enough they'll definitely complete that course yeah. as well so you definitely want to charge them. You definitely you don't want to charge too little, but you want to really want to charge to a point where, you know, you're giving a lot of value, but at the same time, you know, when a person pays for a course, they're like, oh, I, I, I paid, I invested this much. I have to get my outcome. I have to get something back from this, you know? I need to talk to you offline as well and, and get some personalised tips because there's things yeah. that I've seen with um, course sellers where they always do this, live webinar which i know isn't live yeah automated so it's called the evergreen automated webinar so it's not live right um it depends i mean okay. some some people do live webinars some people do some entrepreneurs do something called an an evergreen or automated webinar what does that mean so what they do is that they will pre-record so basically they'll pre-record the webinar and then they'll make it seem as if it's live, it's live yeah so they'll be like um, so we've got Tracy from yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. Hey, I've, what's seen, up? I've seen loads yeah, of those. Yeah. And I know, because I'm messaging <laughs> in the chat and I'm like, call my name. Hello. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm there like, this isn't yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. in, in the past, people were able to get away with that. But nowadays, not many people do it because people have caught on. Yeah. understand. And it doesn't work as well as it used to in the past. Mm. Like things have changed. Like um, it's called video sales. When you read it, it's called a video sales letter, VSL type webinar. It's like a webinar that, you know, it involves, you know, a lot of video interaction at the end. They're going to try and pitch you at the end. It's a VSL. All the webinar. time. Yeah. So evergreen automated webinars or automated webinars. So like, you know, people will sign up. They can sign up at any time. They can probably watch it anytime. And then it's basically just going to be doing 
the setting for them. And they've only done the webinar once. The it's thing smart is, though. It's very smart, but it's dangerous if you don't know what you're doing because some people, they probably have to do a webinar maybe hundreds of times to be at the level where they can do that webinar and then record it. And it's so spot on that they can get away with doing an automated webinar. That's reserved for absolutely legends. You understand? I can't just do a webinar and, and make it and record it once and then do automated because there could be so many flaws in that webinar or there could be so many things that I haven't covered that, you know, mm. that, I'm, that the person who is watching the webinar may realise that it's automated one. So, you know, you understand right. what I'm trying to say? You have to make it so good yeah. that people don't realise it's automated. Got you. That's, that's so, it's, it's hard when you're doing everything. Or then, can't you just say, I guess yeah. there's a there's a sell in something being live, but can't you just say, this is a pre-recording to learn more? I think some people, yeah, some people do that. Some people do that. And I think the best thing is, if you want to do something like that, you want to have transparency in the sense. Yeah. Or rather than having an uh, automated or uh, evergreen webinar, is that you have a pre-recorded video. Maybe your landing page. That's something It's just a 30-minute... Yeah. Oh, this is another version. Your landing page, maybe someone clicks on the ad, whatever, and it takes you to a landing page. And that landing page is just a simple 30-minute video just pitching whatever it is that you're pitching, but yeah. maybe telling a story and then whatever, and then pitching at the end. So um, the hook for the Thank podcast. So like, basically, this is when I was going to tell you about how... I came up with a hook on the way to doing the first episode. How? So, what do you mean? How? Like, oh, the hook as to what you're going to... Yeah, yeah I, I, oh. as, as to like the intro for the podcast, like right. what's the intro going to be kind of thing, yeah. So um, when I was in the Uber, so basically I was, this was like the story about me in the Uber mm. heading to do the first recording for the podcast. So mm. I was in the Uber and I was like, oh, I need a hook for this podcast, right? Um, so I just kept brainstorming, kept brainstorming. Mm. I, I wasn't even sure what the podcast was going to be about, which is mm. quite funny. Mm. And then, mm. and then I was like, oh, I wanted to be about entrepreneurship. And then I came up with a random hook in the whilst I was in the Uber going to see my first guest. I was like, uh, we chat with colorful creators and entrepreneurs from a Ghanaian background or interest. And I was like, that's not bad. That's not bad. So then, after I did the first, I recorded the episode. We, we got it done. I released it to the Ghanaian community in my, you know, the young Ghanaian professors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember people liked people which reacted really well to it. And then one like, one guy in particular was like, um, Adrian, those first few seconds are the reason why I kept listening. And so uh, I gave them a reason to listen. Uh, I gave them a reason to listen to the uh, show. You understand? And I think uh, pod, having a podcast, when you have a strong brand, you have a strong book, uh, it helps. Because if someone's listening for the first time, you want to give them uh, a reason why they should keep listening. Uh, you know, we, you know, what is the purpose of your podcast so uh, that you can um, attract the right people to continue to listen. Uh, yeah. Got you. Perfect. So for those that are, that are watching, I always... Practicalities, I like to listen every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talking about podcasts, I'm like, let me make sure that the standard's still still the same. But yeah, that makes complete sense. Do you know what? When you, um, I guess, when you first pitched your podcast yeah. to... Because I know you have it sponsored by quite a few companies, don't you? Um, Yeah, so our first, so season three, so we started doing sponsorships in, in season three. Okay, perfect. So season three sponsor was Ice Cream and Tink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
a Ghanaian company? No, actually a um, Caribbean company. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ice Cream and Ting is um, set up by one of my friends, mm. um, the Simple um, Pink. Mm. And essentially it's um, it's a premium ice cream brand, mm. which is inspired by flavors from the African and Caribbean descent. Mm, mm, mm. So you have, so they have like ice cream flavors like plantain. Oh. Yeah, plantain. They, they, had, a, they had a wild card jollof one as well. Uh. Which is interesting. It was, it was limited. It was limited. It was limited. Uh, it should have been limited. It, it was limited. It was. I think it was done just for a TikTok video. To be fair okay. Yeah, just to. Did you taste it? Huh? I didn't get to taste it, but um, one of my friends got to taste it. Who I introduced them to for some extra content. Okay. I think she found it interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, they got different flavors, and now they make cookies and all this kind of stuff. And, mm. Yeah. So they sponsored season three. That okay. was great. That was fantastic. You know, I enjoyed my ice cream during that time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and in season four, um, we had a company, we had an organic skincare line from Canada called Honam Naturals. They sponsored us. Um, they are, um, the founder's gone in, but she's got her product in Walmart. She's got it in Amazon. She's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I think she's uh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Her products are fantastic. I've, I've got the products. I use the beard oil. Mm-hmm. I use the uh, the hairbrush, um, the bamboo toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the um, aloe, I think the aloe vera tea tree shampoo, whatever. So she makes her products really natural, you understand? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are good products as well. Okay. And then season five, I think you came to the third yeah, anniversary. Yes, I did. Zuberry, um, Zuberry Technologies, they sponsored season five. Um, it was, yeah, so they uh, are going to take over season five so their branding's going to be all over season five amazing um that which is going to be great um but i'm looking forward to you know getting new sponsors for um for a future season so if you guys want to sponsor yeah any sponsors there yeah come on over here come on come on down come on down is it dell supermarket sweep come on down come on down yeah 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 come on down Oh my gosh, but honestly, you've done so well with the podcast, Uh, it's doing exceptional, you've really nailed down the the short form video content clips as Uh, well. Thanks to my team, I couldn't be be positive about my team, honestly, my team helps me to bring it to life, you understand? Yeah. And uh, I think short form is the the future. It's the way forward. Yeah, just double down, triple down or 10x on short form because Mm. short form can be the... um, the vehicle to you getting the following that you want. No, exactly. Honestly. Everyone's saying this. Even when I had a conversation with um James Shogun, who owns the social media marketing okay. agency, he he said to me, most people listen to podcasts via short videos. True. They listen to like small snippets. Yeah. Like even when I talk about an episode from the diary of the CEO, for example, yeah. my friend would be like, Yeah, I listen to the episode and I'd be like, Oh, so you listen to this one? I said no. The clip on TikTok, that's okay. what I listen to. Oh really? Okay. Like that's that's them listening to the podcast. Yeah, I'm that's like nice. I guess that's the world we're living in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we live in a McDonald's world where we people will want it now. And yeah. We don't want to wait. We don't want. We, we don't want to go patience. to a link. We have the patience yeah. to, to watch the whole thing, and I think that people who have the attention span to go off and listen to a full episode of a podcast or have the attention to go off and do a course and all these kind of things, I think those people probably more likely to be more successful. I mean, just uh, no, it's hundred percent than those who can only just take the short form content. Hundred. Yeah. One million percent. Because me, if I see something, my how my brain works is I want to see more of this. I want to see yeah. where where can I get some more? Yeah. Because this was so valuable. There must be so much more context to this. Exactly. This can't be it. Yeah. And if if people just stop there, I just think 
this is a this is your sign by the way this is a short clip and you <laughs> and you plan to just watch this clip and that's it this yeah. is your sign to watch the full thing and this is the full thing because yeah. there's so much that we've covered but, now, but, but but i guess at the same time we're, we're spoiled right as a society there's so much content yeah, out there there is there is like you know like like shorts is probably you know the, the most convenient thing to get through as much content as you can because it's like there's this podcast. This person's got a podcast. That person's got a podcast. Yeah, your, your, yeah. Your, your dog next door's got a podcast. Yeah. Your neighbor's got a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your your mum's got a podcast. How, you don't have time to do all, all of podcasts. them. And so what do you yeah. do? You know, Shoes. So shorts. Or what I like to do is, you know, I like to listen to podcasts on 2x speed sometimes or 1.5x speed because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to have enough time to listen to this person's podcast at normal speed. Yeah. I listen to your podcast 1.7x speed. Yeah, yeah, with a, yeah. With a, a cool I listen to your episode with a cool 1.7x speed. Yeah, just so that... Yeah, you can get through it. Yeah, so yeah. I've got through it half, half the time. Yeah, yeah. Make, same thing with YouTube videos. Interviews. 1x, 1x, 1.5x speed, 1.75x speed, whatever. And that's, that's a tip for you also. If you don't want to listen to a full podcast episode because of the time that's yeah. something you can speed do speed through it and get and get it done yeah speed through it get it done or something that I also also do I listen to podcasts during like times when I'm cleaning or mm-hmm. when I'm driving or yeah. when I'm going to bed um, like or if I'm in the shower just you know when you're just doing things that you need to do that can be a bit of a long task yeah Podcasts are perfect for those times. Absolutely, so perfect. Yeah, so spot on. It's absolutely spot on. Honestly, so what's the vision? What's the where? What's what's the goal for the Sound of Acro podcast? I mean, what well, with the Sound of Acro podcast, someone told me um some years ago in my early stages that they can see it being a six figure business. Mm. So this is exactly what I wanted to, to become a six figure business, mm. maybe seven, but I I, mm. I, 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 I mean, because it's very niche, probably mm. be harder to do that. Um, but yeah. So Pound of Grab Podcast, my vision is for it to um for it to continue to grow, for the quality to continue to grow, for the episodes to continue to be produced, for my team to grow, for us to have actual studios. How much is it now? Um about five of us, I think, in total. Okay. Yeah. So I want us to have um a bigger team, maybe 10 to 15 people. And have like full-time employees, part-time employees, mm. you know, full on operation, like the diver CEO of Stephen Barney, mm. he has a full on team. Yeah, he needs it for that level of production. Ah, you do. He does you need, need a yeah, team. You need a team, yeah. So I want to have a full on team, you know, part time, full time, fully paid. Um, I want to have studios in Accra. I want to love to have a studio in, in London as well. Understand? And that's the whole full circle of London to Accra. Mm. Understand? Can you imagine? Like, imagine I've got a setup in London, I've got a setup in Accra. Because some people ask me, where's the studio? I'm like, well, we record in London, we record in London. Yeah, yeah. Keeps them guessing, isn't it? So I'd love to have a studio in London. I'd love to have a studio in Accra. We'll have our offices in Accra as well for like managing business inquiries and things like that. Because Mm. at the end of the day, um, our content is also, um, you know, prompting people to ask questions and Mm. and for them to get in touch and to want to do different things with Mm. us as well. Mm. So it can go lots of different directions. Mm. Um, But yeah, studios, office, bigger team. I would love to have my own podcast network as well. Because um, um, the funny thing is that some people call it the sound of Africa by accident. A lot of people do that. The, the sound of Africa. Welcome to Asian from the sound of Africa. Wow. I've been introduced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been like, what? Yeah, I guess that's what the podcast is called then. <laughs> so, so, the, I've had a, so every time I hear that, so I've had it so many times, it's like, you know what? I think the podcast network should be called the Sound of Africa and the Sound of Podcast, Sound of Accra, 
comes under there. I think it's the son of Lagos, the son of whatever. You understand? So I have a podcast network for Africa. That is it. And then um, what I want to do is like basically help Africa get podcasting even more. So I'm going to team up with like the Spotify's and the, and the Apple, mm, Apple podcast of this world. And basically get funding, funding, sponsorship, whatever. And basically um, create maybe uh, maybe a different app or mm. create uh, an app or platforms where because because in Africa, right, everyone's not everyone's got like a laptop or studio like this, whatever, right? They've got phones. Even the poorest people have smartphones. Understand? So if you can make a clear, I know you can do anchors. I mean, anchors now Spotify for for podcasters now. Yeah. But if there's like a more kind of tailored app for Africa like that, where they can create content. edits publish and monetize their own content yeah just using their phones maybe basic headphones rather yeah then yeah by all means that will help to um, solve um, problems of poverty and stuff as well mm. so now i want to use the power of podcasting to take africa out of poverty mm. thank you thank you that mission yeah can we can we come to the caribbean please as well yeah, of course. We can, oh, we can oh, make oh, sound of Jamaica. You, you, can, uh, yeah. you, you, you can host Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the sound of Jamaica, everybody. Yeah. Take me home to your yard. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't, Jamaica. <laughs> Take me home to your yard. <laughs> oh, I'll go to um, Barbados. Um, sound of Barbados. Oh, Barbados. And Trinidad. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> but no, I love the mission. That Thank mission... You. Thank you. This is... I love people like you because you're thinking beyond yourself. Mm. You're thinking about a nation, yeah. about having an impact on others. And yeah. I, I really connect to people like that because it's not just about you. Yeah. Like you alone, first of all, can't be effective. If yeah. everyone else is growing, tr- like you're naturally, oh, you're gonna grow. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna like it, it. It only makes sense. I love the fact that that's your mission. You're gonna, you're gonna get there. Thank you. Got my full support. If you need anything you. from us, Black Create Connect. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll team up. We'll team up. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many things, but um, I wanna, I wanna get on before we wrap up. I wanna get onto your next podcast project. I know, I know, it's great. You know, um, basically, this is an idea that been flowing around, and I think it's just all about just about waiting for the timing. I actually wanted to launch it last year, but then, you know, I think it actually makes more sense now that I'm launching it this year. Oh. Um, so my new podcast um, is called Quit and Switch. Okay, Quit and Switch. Now, um, the reason why, how I came up with the idea was that many years ago, I bought the domain quityourjob.co.uk and I've always wanted to do something around it. So I was going to do a podcast called Quit, Quit Your Job. And when I looked in the podcast app, I mean, um, Podosphere, whoever, it's already been taken, like there's lots of podcasts like that already. So I was like, okay, cool, it's a bit cringe. I don't want to go down that way. But I still like the whole quit and whatever mm, concepts. Mm. So then I came up with the idea, quit, quit and okay, quit, switch. That rhymes, it's catchy. Mm. And people that have discussed this idea would love it. They mm. absolutely love the idea. Mm. So why quit and switch, right? So the reason why I came up with this particular podcast is that we, we are now in the world, mm. post-pandemic, where... A lot of people are, have quit their jobs. Mm-hmm. The great resignation. Mm-hmm. Some people are quitting. Mm-hmm. Some people are switching industries. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a good example of people switching industries. When I used to run UX Academy, there is a guy who's in his 40s. I think he's 40s. 
he used to work in the adult industry as operations manager, right? And he became a UX designer, in a wow. sense. Adult as in, adult, adult. As in, yeah, as in, oh, as, wow. as in, let's, as in let's get freaky. Adult. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right, that, interesting. Right? Okay, and um, basically, he switched to a completely different industry, right? I've also had lots of people, mess, countless people message me on LinkedIn. Adrian, can you give me advice? Adrian, I'm thinking about quitting my job. Um, how can I approach this? What would you advise? Even had someone this week, I think, ask me, right? Um, I've had people from South Africa, from America, ones jump on Zoom calls with me Amazing. and advise me, advise them on, like, this is what women wanted me to advise them on how they can make the, some particular career transition and um, whatever. And I've had some guys in London, some black professionals ask me, mm. like, Adrian, like, I've seen like, your LinkedIn profiles are so interesting. Um, I, just want, I just wanted to arrange a call just to kind of get to know your journey and what I can take from that. So for me, it's like, I've had all of these different things and it's like, we're now in the world where people are quitting their jobs or they're quitting industries or they're quitting businesses to go and start a, a new business or a new career, a new industry. And I'm getting actual, you know, experience or firsthand experience of this. I've quit different industries and I've switched to different industries, jobs, careers. Mm. I've gone back and forth between quitting and switching from a job, career, mm. business to, to another. And I thought, you know what, this would be a great podcast, like to help those who have quit, help those who want to quit or switch from a from particular career, mm. business or industry to another mm. and to give them the, the blueprint mm. and the insights that they need to help them to make that transition. Mm. So that's what the podcast is going to be about. Mm. So, I mean, we're going to, this podcast is going to start off as an audio or remote video. And then as time goes on, as the um, concept develops, we'll probably do in-person video okay. interviews as well. So we've got people like Sam Jones from Dragon's Den. He's going to come on. Yeah, he's going to come. I was actually going to do the episode in Lisbon, but something came up. You understand? That's incredible. Yeah. How do you pull that off? We'll talk about that. Okay, offline, offline. We'll Sorry, guys. Off. Exclusive thing. We'll talk about offline. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've, um, we've got Dr. Daniel Moses coming on. Um, he's he's a, He used to be an Uber driver. Now he's a seven-figure property entrepreneur. Um, came from Nigeria. You know, he's successful. I've met him a few times as well. He's great. Mm. Um, we have um, Volta Pontes. He's a Portuguese guy who came over to the UK, didn't know how to speak English, um, couldn't say a word of English. Now he's one of the most sort of sought after property entrepreneurs, luxury property entrepreneurs in the UK. He's coming on the show. Um, we have a LinkedIn influencer coming on. Um, a Carice, I think he's got a career network. He's doing fantastic. He's got this a one show. So and we've got so many valuable. other guests. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it's so, it's, it's going to be, I'm so excited for where this podcast mm. could go. You understand? So quit and switch. So we're going to have two, um, cons- we're going to have two focuses. So in terms of quitting and switching, it's people that have their personal stories of how they've quit or switched from one career business or industry to another. And then we're going to have more of the business side where a business comes on and then they want to talk about how they start their business in the context of why you should maybe quit or switch from using that particular business or whatever to come to us. Mm. So for example, maybe why should you stop using Canonly or why we stopped using Canonly and why we created our own competitor. Mm. You understand? And then, you know, for people to listen, decide whether or not they want to make that, that switch or they want to quit. Mm, mm, mm. 
Um, so it's a very good concept. I love that. And my dream is to sell it to LinkedIn. You understand? And do it now because that's another reason why. You pull it out there. Oh, I, yeah, I'm yeah. so happy you put it out there. Because... I want to sell, sell the podcast to LinkedIn. That's what, that'll mm. be my dream because at the end of the day, um, this also gives me opportunity to interview people on my LinkedIn network because I've got so many people that, that approached switched, me. Yeah. Not even quit and switched. I've got so many people that have asked me that, that wanted to come on my podcast, but I, I turned them down because you're not a fit. Not because you're not good enough. But you just you're not from you're not from Ghana. Mm. You're not you know you know our diaspora. Mm, 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 you don't have a, you don't have a very strong interest. It doesn't mm, make sense. Mm, so you're not fit. Mm, I'm sorry. Mm. And son, I even had um someone who's on. I, I even had a CEO who's Series A, who wanted to come on. I, I called on them and I said, look, I can't bring them to San Ankara, but wait, I've got something for you. I'm bringing that soon. I'll, mm. We'll get you on that. Mm, mm. Son. I love. I'm just type processing this concept. This yeah. is gonna be like game changing and especially popular for the young entrepreneurs, especially for yeah. Gen Z and Gen X, because they're yeah. all about the future, of, I think, for work is about flexibility, remote working, yeah. um, shared responsibilities, like cross-functional yeah. roles. It's, yeah. it's, there's so much, like this is going to be so much more relevant. Absolutely. But like, back in the day, it was one job, one career. That's what you do forever. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what it is. And my, I, I remember growing up, not growing up, but when I first graduated from uni, my dad had so many heart palpitations when I used to come home and be like, I've quit my job today. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try something else. And he didn't understand the concept. He was like, what do you mean you're quitting? Like, what are you going to do now? Like the old, the older generation don't necessarily understand it. So to have a podcast where mm-hmm. people are going to talk about how they've been successful in doing all of that, that is where there's going to be a huge change. But um, but that's, yeah, honestly, I feel like it's going to be an amazing, amazing initiative, amazing podcast. And um, hopefully, I can't wait to listen to it. I can't, I, wait, to- I, I can't wait myself. Like, I, I can't wait to get it out there. I just, I just want to get the content out there because I'm scared of some, I mean, I'm not scared of some of the stealing, but I think like the name, I think the name itself is so good that I don't want someone to take it. I want to just publish it. So yeah. I want to publish it I want to publish the intro episode, hopefully, you know, in the coming days. Okay. So I can just, just I can just secure the name and then Yay! I can just get the guest on. So hopefully looking by spring, by early spring, by Easter okay. time, by Easter should be out. I'm excited. So yeah. watch out, look out for it, everyone. Quit and switch. I've um, quit and switch. switch. I, I feel like yeah. <sighs> there's a rap, there's a rap in something here. Let me just quickly freestyle real quick. <laughs> no, there's a there's a quit and switch. Yeah, switch and quit. Quit and switch. Switch and quit. Quit and switch. Quit, switch, quit and switch. Everybody knows you gotta quit and switch. Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a gamer, I'm streaming on Twitch. Hey, hey. But listen to quit and switch if you wanna get rich. Cheers. In the morning, I eat my nest quick. Hey. Hey. He's got lyrics. <laughs> well, I feel like we're on a breakfast club. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Oh my gosh, I've had so much fun. This has been, fan- this has been fantastic. I've had such a good. This is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, stop like... it. <laughs> I'm not that great, really. No, no, do you know what? I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. Do you know why? Because no. you're so. Um, 
reserved yeah. online. And when I first met you, I thought, I wonder how Adrian's going to be. This was, you're so insightful. Like, <laughs> you're so, so this is going to be a clip, okay? A reminder, this episode, if there hasn't been one Black Crate Connect podcast episode you listen to, you need to listen to this one because it's been so insightful. We've spoken about podcasting, creating courses. Yeah. Fail, I guess some some element of failing but learning and quitting and switching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's been so many topics yeah. that we've gone through your your childhood music production. I, I, I know, right? Your network, how to be a good entrepreneur. It's, it's crazy. You've covered a lot of grounds. I think you've got a lot of content there that you can work with. We do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you can use it however you want oh, to use it as bless well. You, bless but, um, you, bless you, bless you, yeah. But thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank I really you so appreciate it. I appreciate it. Really and uh, hopefully Quentin Switch can do stuff with Black Create Connect. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. but before you go though, I feel like yeah. you can't give us so many gems and not share your information with us. So how can people follow you, get in touch, connect, book you for talks, whatever it is? I'll book me for talks. <laughs> wow. You're your speaker. What's 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 selling them to you? What's what's selling them your way? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, so in terms of social media, you guys can find me. Um, so Agent Daniels. I mean, Agent Daniels, at Agent Daniels on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't use Facebook really these days, but if you were to stalk me... Nah. I won't, I won't be Facebook's too personal. Too personal, yeah. I don't, really, I don't really use it anyway. Yeah, at Agent Daniels for Instagram. Um, I think just for Instagram, really. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, just search for Agent Daniels. Um, and then Twitter, at Mr. A. Daniels. And then just head over to agentdaniels.co. Not .com, .co. Okay. You can follow all of my socials there and and you can find all about me and all of my links and stuff that will be on agentdaniels.com. Amazing. Of course, check out the Sound of Acro podcast Oh, yeah, well. of course. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> I'm featuring on an episode. And yeah, then season five. So should we we'll be in season five. We'll start, we'll start rolling it out throughout spring. So get it's ready. Take care. Bye.